نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله Lord, we praise belongs to Allah. We praise Him, seek His assistance and forgiveness. And we seek refuge in Allah from the evil of ourselves and the evil consequences of our deeds. Whoever Allah guides, there is no one that can lead Him astray. And whoever Allah leads astray, there is no one that can guide Him. I bear witness that nothing deserves to be worshipped except Allah alone. and that he has no partners or associates and I bear witness that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is his slave servant and his messenger. This evening, Be'ezhinillahi ta'ala, in this lecture, number 53, from the Sharf of Kitab al-Tawheed, al-Nadhi huwa haqqullah ala al-Abid, like to discuss the chapter which al-Imam Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahhab ibn Sulaiman al-Tamimi al-Najdi rahimahullah has entitled Bab ma jaa fi himayat an-nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam hima at-tawhid wa saddihi turq ash-shirk ما جاء في حماية النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم حما التوحيد what has been narrated concerning the prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم protecting or safeguarding حما التوحيد حما التوحيد that is those things which surround or the area of sanctuary of التوحيد not only the protection of the Tawheed itself, but that which surrounds it. Whatever leads to the violation of Tawheed, whatever is an approach to a violation of a Tawheed. Al-Hima, it is the area surrounding something. Wasaddihi turuq al-shirk And his closing the way, blocking the way, or the ways that might lead to a shirk. <clears throat> In this chapter, which is almost the final chapter of the book, Al-Imam Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahhab rahimahullah <clears throat> has returned to a topic which he mentioned earlier in the book. In fact, he entitled a chapter with almost the same heading, Bab ma jaa fi himayatul mustafa janab al-tawheed. Yani that which has been narrated concerning the Prophet sallallahu al-mustafa, yani the chosen one of Allah, the Prophet of Allah, is safeguarding and protecting janab al-tawheed. And al-janab, it is a part of something. Janab al-tawheed means a part of the tawheed. While hima al-tawheed, it means that which surrounds it. Wasaddihi kullu tariq. يوصل يوصل 
إلى الشرك and closing every way that leads to shirk. The title is almost the same of these two chapters. However, he has used a different expression in this chapter, Hima al-Tawheed, while in the previous chapter he entitled it Janab al-Tawheed. And Janab al-Tawheed, it means a part of the Tawheed, something that is a part of Tawheed, while Hima, it means that which is surrounding the Tawheed. And some of the scholars said that this expression is more comprehensive because it is not only a protection of the Tawheed itself, but it protects everything that is around it, everything that is related or connected to it, so that the area surrounding the Tawheed is protected before somebody reaches the Tawheed itself to violate it. <coughs> before mentioning the two hadith of the Prophet ﷺ, which Al-Imam Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahab has mentioned in this chapter, I would like to mention the notes of Shaykh Abdulaziz ibn Abdullah ibn Baz rahimahullah in his ta'aliq or brief comments concerning Kitab al-Tawheed. He said that the author here has spoken about himayat al-Tawheed, the protection or the safeguarding of al-Tawheed from the perspective of al-Aqwal, things, things. Yani protecting Tawheed by guarding what we say, being careful of what we say. And he has preceded it, or it has preceded that he has, ta- he has spoken about the ways or the chapter, the protection of a tawheed, min jihad al-af'al, yani from the perspective of actions, protecting tawheed by guarding our actions, being careful of what we do. Wa himayat janab al-tawheed, and the protection of janab al-tawheed, yani the actual essence or, the, or a part of the tawheed itself. Al-janab huwa al-juz minhu, al-janab it means a part of the tawheed. Protecting a part or every part of the Tawheed. And in this chapter, the Imam has mentioned Hima at Tawheed. Wal Hima that. Kharijun that. Yani Hima at Tawheed, it is not the Tawheed itself. It is outside of the Tawheed, that which is surrounding it. So in this title, this title, as Shaykh Abdul Aziz ibn Baz rahimahullah says, it is Ablag. Yani it is more comprehensive than yani in his entitling it it is more comprehensive than yani in terms of that which is related to Tawheed and that which is related to our sayings or our speech. Indeed the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi he has safeguarded and protected Janab Tawheed, the Tawheed itself, Wahima Wahama Himahu and he has also protected that which surrounds it from speech and from action such that the people would not go near to shirk and they would not fall into it. And he also has warned against the wasail, yani the things, the means that also lead to shirk, and also the openings that open the way to a shirk. And this is from the perfection of his delivering his message or completing his mission. Yani that he has not only warned us against violating Tawheed, but he has also made a way for us to be protected from falling into a violation of that which is surrounding the Tawheed, not only in our actions, but also in our speech. If Allah allows, inshallah, we'll come back to the remaining comments of Shaykh Abdulaziz ibn Baz at the end of the evidences. The first evidence that Al-Imam Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahhab rahimahullah mentions is a hadith that is reported 
by Al-Imam Abu Dawood and Ibn Hibban and others and that hadith is Sahih An Abdullah Ibn Al-Shikhir Al-Shikhir Radiyallahu Anhu Anhu Qal Intalaktu Fi Wafti Bani Amir Ila Rasulullah Sallallahu Alayhi Wasallam Yani Abdullah Ibn Al-Shikhir Radiyallahu Anhu He said that I went forth and I went with a delegation, wafd bin Bani Amir, from the tribe, the people of Bani Amir, to the Messenger of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. فَقُلْنَا When they met the Prophet, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, they said, فَقُلْنَا أَنْتَ سَيِّدُنَا They said to the Prophet, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, أَنْتَ سَيِّدُنَا You are our master. You are our leader. Anta Sayyiduna, our master and our leader. Yani, he is the best of us and the leader of us and the one who has authority and control over us. Faqala, then the Prophet wasallam corrected their saying. He said, As Sayyidullah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala. As Sayyid, it is Allah and the Most High. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, whose blessings are plentiful. And, who's, and all good comes from him. He is the exalted. Qulna. Then they went on to say, وَأَفْضَلُنَا فَضْلًا وَأَعْظَمُنَا ثَوْلًا They went on to praise the Prophet wasallam and express in words how they felt about their relationship to the Messenger of Allah wasallam and his status to, or his status yani in reference to them. They said that you are أَفْضَلُنَا فَضْلًا يعني the most superior or the most excellent of us. You are the best of us in excellence and in bounty and in favor. وَأَعْظَمُنَا ثَوْلًا And you are the greatest of us in wealth and in honor and in greatness and in giving charity. You are the best of us and you are the greatest of us. يعني praising the Prophet wasallam <coughs> in words that indeed were true. In words that indeed were true. However, the Prophet ﷺ accepted some of what they said and rejected some of what they said. He allowed them to say some things and prohibited them from other things. فَقَالَ The Prophet ﷺ said, قُولُوا بِقَوْلِكُمْ أَوْ بَعْضِ قَوْلِكُمْ يعني say, قُولُوا بِقَوْلِكُمْ Say what you have to say. أو بعد قولكم or some of what you have to say. Yeah, I mean some of the scholars said that here there are two possible meanings of this statement of the Prophet ﷺ that perhaps أو بعد قولكم it is because of the doubt of the narrator. Did the Prophet ﷺ say to them قولوا بقولكم say what you have to say or the narrator was in doubt or he said قولوا بعد قولكم or say some of what you have to say. <clears throat> or the others said that perhaps the meaning is that the Prophet ﷺ said, قُولُوا بِقَوْلِكُمْ Say what you have to say. Yani of those things that are allowed, that are proper. Yani the things that the deen, the sharia has allowed that one may say. أَوْ بَعْدَ قَوْلِكُمْ يعني, And leave some of it. Leave some of what you say, which is not allowed. وَلَا يَجْرِيَنَّكُمُ الشَّيْطَانِ Then the Prophet ﷺ, he warned them. 
لا لا يستجرين لا يستجرينكم الشيطان يعني don't allow the shaytan to drag you or to pull you along with him don't allow the shaytan to pull you into following his way into following him into saying that which is prohibited into saying that which is wrong that which is not allowed yani exaggerating in the praise of someone saying that which is not allowed don't allow the shaytan <coughs> to drag you into his path and following his way and some of the scholars said that the meaning of this expression as ibn athir said in his book and nihayat al gharib al hadith he said that the meaning of it is that the prophet sallallahu disliked what they said because of the exaggeration or excess in praise therefore he prohibited them from saying so and what is meant by this is that the prophet sallallahu allowed them to say some of what they were saying but don't go to the extreme don't go beyond the bounds and it is as though he is saying la yastajriyannakumu ash-shaytan yani it is as though he is saying the meaning of it is that if you go to the extreme and go beyond the bounds with excessive praise it is as though you will be a representative or a messenger of ash-shaytan speaking by his tongue yani saying you will be saying what shaytan wants you to say and those sayings are those things that lead to that which is outright prohibited if that what you are saying is not prohibited going to the excess and extreme al-ghulu it leads to that which is prohibited that is the worship of other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala rawahu abu daud bi sanadin jayyid yani this hadith has been reported by abu daud as al-imam muhammad ibn abdul wahhab says with a good or acceptable yani reliable chain of narrators and shaykh al-albani rahimahullah has declared this hadith to be sahih in sahih sunan abi daud Shaykh al-Qur'awi, hafizahullah, he says in the general meaning of this hadith, he said that the narrator, radiyallahu anhu, has informed us that some of the companions, radiyallahu anhum ajma'in, they wanted to display or show their love and respect and honor for the Messenger of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So they praised him in his presence with that which he was entitled to be praised with. and he was that, that which was true about him however the messenger of allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam who has been missioned and sent by allah to correct and to rectify the inner being yani the souls and hearts of the human beings and to purify their beliefs their aqaid to purify it from shirk he prohibited them from that which they had done so that they would not fall into al-ghulu exaggeration and excess in this case in the praise of other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and if they were to fall into al-ghulu then a shaytan would drag them or pull them into the darkness of ash-shirk while they have come out of it then the prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam gave them permission or the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam gave them permission to say those words of praise which have been allowed by their deen yani which has been allowed by islam by the sharia what has been allowed such as saying ya rasulullah ya nabiyullah yani those things that the sharia has described him with that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala have described him with those are the highest forms of praise 
And those things are better to be said than that which might lead to exaggeration or going beyond the bounds. So he allowed them to say those words of praise which are allowed by the deen. However, he didn't want them to raise him up above the status or the position or the station which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given to him, as mentioned in the following hadith. From this hadith, the Shaykh mentions three benefits. The first of them is the great status or esteem that the companions of the Prophet ﷺ held him in. Yani they, inside of themselves, they held the Prophet ﷺ in high esteem. He held the highest of status. And this hadith also indicates their respect for him. The second of the benefits that he mentions is the prohibition of using the expression as Sayyid for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yani referring to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by the expression as Sayyid. As the Prophet when they said, Anta Sayyiduna, he said, as Sayyid Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala. So it is allowed to refer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by the expression, expression as Sayyid. And in fact, it has been reported by Imam Al-Tabari, rahimahullah, in his tafsir from Abdul ibn Abbas, radiyallahu anhumah, in his explanation of the expression as samad Qul huwa Allahu ahad, Allahu samad He said that as samad it may be defined as, yani, as Sayyid, the one who has total and complete mastery. Yani, Ibn Abbas said, the meaning of Allahu Samad, it is as Sayyid. The one who has complete and control, and total and total control or power or authority or sovereignty over everything. <coughs> the third point that the Sheikh mentions from this hadith is that Al-Gulu Shaytan. Al-Gulu Shaytan. Al-Matiyah, it means Wasail al-Naql. Yani the means that someone may travel by, that they are transported ported by. They used to refer to the Naqa, the camel, as Matiyah. Matiyah because that was their means of transportation. The Shaykh said, Al-Gulu Shaytan. Al-Gulu, it is the means of transportation of a shaitan. He uses it, he rides upon it to reach that which he intends. Yani he wants the people to fall into shirk, but he doesn't take them directly into it. He takes them by means of something else, by means of al-gulu. So that al-gulu is a means that leads to a shirk. In the translation of the explanation of Kitab Tawheed here, the translator has interpreted Al-Ghulu, Matiyah Shaytan as Al-Ghulu is the invitation of Shaytan. Al-Matiyah, it doesn't mean invitation, it means the means of transportation. That a Shaytan uses Al-Ghulu as a means to transport the people from one place to another, and from that which is not shirk into that which is shirk. The relationship of this hadith to the chapter under discussion and the subject of a tawheed in general, he said, is that this hadith indicates the prohibition of al-ghulu. Yani going to the extreme in praising the Prophet wasallam or others besides him. Because this is a way that leads to ash-shirk. And Shaykh Muhammad ibn Salih al-Uthaymeen, rahimahullah, said concerning this very hadith also, he said that the relationship of this hadith to the chapter 
or to the subject of a tawheed <coughs> is that while the author has spoken rahimahullah in what has passed from this book kitab tawheed he has talked about confirming a tawheed or establishing a tawheed and he has also mentioned that which negates a tawheed or negates the perfection of a tawheed so here after mentioning the confirmation or the establishment of tawheed and also mentioning those things which negate a tawheed then he mentions here the protection or the safeguarding of that tawheed and therefore it is wajib to close the ways that lead to a shirk then he says mulahaza or note that al-jam bayna qawlihi as-sayyid Allah yani the way of reconciling between the statement of the prophet sallallahu alaihi that as-sayyid Allah that Allah he is a sayyid and between his statement in another hadith ana sayyid waladi adam ana sayyid waladi adam yani the prophet sallallahu alaihi referred to himself as sayyid sayyid waladi adam that i am the master of the children of adam yani of human beings he said the way of reconciling between these two two statements is that it is permissible to use the expression sayyid for other than allah however it is permissible however qasruhu ala allah afdal wa akmal adaban ma'a allah that restricting it to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala it is preferable and it is more perfect and complete in terms of having respect or yani proper adab with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that is the explanation of Shaykh al-Qarawi, Hafizahullah. However, also we might add, as some of the scholars said, that the expression as-sayyid, because the Prophet said as-sayyid, in that yani, response to them, he said as-sayyid Allah, he used the definite article as-sayyid, meaning as-siyada or dominion or sovereignty or mastery in its absolute sense, it's for Allah alone. Allah is as-sayyid. However, using it in idafa, Sayyiduna, our Sayyid, meaning that he is the master of those people, or the master of that tribe, or the master of, of, a, of a certain thing. In this way, it is allowed. If it is true that that person is really the one who is in charge of those people, he is the leader of his tribe, or so on and so forth, and it is not feared that it would lead to shirk. If it is not feared that such an expression, using it, if it is not feared that it would lead to shirk, and that person is really entitled to such an expression, then using it in, the, in this manner, saying the master of something, of a certain thing in the limited sense, it is actually allowed, while using it in the absolute sense is not allowed. In that way, if we understand it in this way, then we would say that the Prophet ﷺ has not prohibited them from referring to him as Sayyiduna, yani our master. Because that is in the limited sense, but he has discouraged it. In order to close the ways, yani that if that is allowed, it might lead to other things. More exaggeration and going beyond the bounds which would lead to a shirk. <coughs> the next evidence that the Imam mentions is an يا خيرنا وابن خيرنا وسيدنا وابن سيدنا أنس ابن مالك رضي الله عنه he said that some people they said to the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم يا رسول الله oh messenger of Allah 
And this is more proper than that they said, Ya Muhammad, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Because it is showing honor and respect for him. And Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Taala has encouraged us and reminded us to refer to him in such a way. They said, Ya Rasulullah, Ya Khayrana wa Ibn Khayrina. Oh, one, you are the one who is the best of us and the son of the best of us. And here they refer to him as the best of them. And indeed, he is, the, he is khayru, khayruhum. He is the best of humanity. And it was true that he is the best of them. In his lineage, as well as in his position or status as the Prophet and Messenger, and as well as in his condition, and in his relationship to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he is the best of them. It was true what they said. وَإِبْنَ خَيْرِنَا And the son of the best of us. Meaning, the son of the one who is best, best of us in lineage. In lineage. In reference to, he is the son of who? The son of his father who is from the lineage. That is the best of lineage. And the master, our master, and the son of our master, and the same meaning applies here. Yani that he is the Sayyid of his people, and the Sayyid of Bani Adam, as he said in authentic hadith, meaning the best of them. And he is the son of the best of them in lineage. After these expressions that were used for the Prophet ﷺ, فقال, he said, Ya Yuhannas, O people, قولوا بقولكم, say what you have to say. Say what it is that you have to say. However, وَلَا يَسْتَحْوِيَنَّكُمُ الشَّيْطَانِ But don't let the shaytan يَسْتَحْوِيَنَّكُمْ يعني cause you to incline cause you to incline away from the truth يعني to follow your desires or the desires of shaytan to follow his ways don't let shaytan cause you to incline off the straight path so that you begin to follow desires and do what you want to do without observing the sharia which would lead you to al-ghulu. Yani the Prophet ﷺ here is talking about al-ghulu, exaggeration and praise. He said, say what you want to say, however don't allow shaitan to cause you to deviate from that which is allowed and falling into that which is not allowed, exaggeration in the praise. And then he told them, Ana Muhammadun Abdullahi wa Rasuluhu. I am Muhammad, yani my name is Muhammad. And who is he in status? He is the Abd of Allah and the Messenger of Allah. And these two descriptions of the Prophet ﷺ have been mentioned in a statement of Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahhab. He said that he is Abdun la yu'abad wa Rasulun la yukazzab. Abdun la yu'abad. He is a slave of Allah who is not worshipped. He is a slave of Allah who is not worshipped. Don't go to the extreme. وَرَسُولٌ لَا And he is a messenger who should not be belied. What he has said is true. Don't deny it. And these two, these two descriptions of the Prophet ﷺ that came in the Qur'an, came, these are descriptions from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for the Prophet ﷺ. And here Shaykh Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahhab has mentioned them together in this way that he is the abd who should not be worshipped to refute those who went to the extreme in ghulu of the Prophet ﷺ and leading to worshipping him. And he is Rasulun la yukazzab. Yani he is a messenger who should be believed and not belied. And that is a refutation against the other group of people who denied the Prophet ﷺ, who didn't accept him. So here, these two descriptions refute those who went to either extreme. Those who went to the extreme of raising him above his status that Allah has given to him. And they worshipped him and those who 
denied him and disbelieved in him and didn't believe in his message. He said, Ana Muhammadun Abdullahi wa Rasulihi. Yani these two are the two greatest descriptions that he has, that Allah has given to him. Al-Ubudiyyah, the one who is a worshipper and a slave of Allah, and Al-Risala, the one who is a messenger and prophet. مَا أُحِبُّ أَن تَرْفَعُونِي فَوْقَ مَنْزِلَةِ الَّتِي أَنْزَلَنِي اللَّهُ عَزَّ وَجَلَّ He said, I do not like. لا ما أحب. I don't like that you should raise me up. فَوْقَ مَنْزِلَةِ Above the manzila or the status or the station or the position. يعني the status of عبودية and رسالة of being a slave of Allah and a messenger. التي أنزلني الله عز وجل which Allah has assigned to me that status which Allah has given to me and this is a proof that the status that anyone has that is considered that is of importance is the status that is given by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala not that status which is given by the people don't he said I don't love that you raise me up not by the expressions that you use or the titles that you give me or the way that you deal with me above the position or the status that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has assigned to me. Rawahu al-Nasai bi sanadin jayyid. And this hadith has been reported by al-Nasai which a, with a good acceptable chain <coughs> not in the sunan of al-Nasai that is normally referred to but in al-sunan al-Kubra. And it has also been reported by al-Nasai in Amal al-Yawm wal-Layla. And it has been reported by al-Imam Ahmed rahimahullah and declared to be Sahih by Imam Ibn Hibban, reported in his Sahih, and a Shaykh Shu'ayb al-Arnaud, Hafizahullah, may Allah protect and preserve him, he said that the isnad of this chain, that this isnad or this chain, it is Sahih al-Sharat Muslim, it is Sahih, authentic, according to the conditions of Imam Muslim, Rahimahullah. <coughs> here, the Shaykh has not mentioned any a point here in the general explanation of this hadith, but he says the explanation of this hadith comes under the explanation of the hadith which is reported before it. Yani the meaning is similar. Except that in this hadith the expressions are used, Ya Rasulullah, Ya Khayrana, Ya Sayyidina. And these expressions that he is the best of us and he is the leader of us and he is the messenger of Allah are all true and correct. However, the Prophet وسلم, in this hadith while he allowed them to say those things, he also warned them of going to the extreme and he informed them of what they should say about him, that he is by name Muhammad and by status or position that has been given to him by Allah, the slave of Allah and his messenger and he also prohibited that anyone should raise him above the status which Allah has given to him. Here the Shaykh has mentioned four points or fawaid that may be derived from this hadith. The first of them is the great respect of the Sahaba radiallahu anhum ajma'een for the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Yani, what they said to him was really what was in their heart. That's the way they really felt about him. It shows the honor and respect that they held for him. Number two, the prohibition of al-ghulu. Yani, of going to the extreme. The prohibition of exaggeration in everything and anything. And here it is in reference to praising someone. And the clarification that al-ghulu, it is from the work of a shaitan. Yani al-ghulu, it is from the work of shaitan. Shaitan wants the people to go to the extreme, to exaggerate and praise, because that is a means through which he will get them to fall into that which he really wants from them, that is the falling into shirk. Number three, the clarification of the manzila, 
of the Rasul and his position or his status and it is that his description with Al-Ubudiyyah and Al-Risala yani the manzila of the Messenger of Allah is that he is described with Al-Ubudiyyah slavery and servitude to Allah and Al-Risala that he is a messenger who has been given a message he has been sent by Allah to deliver it to the people and the fourth point that he mentions <coughs> is the prohibition of raising the Prophet ﷺ above the manzila, above the status or the position that he has been given. Yani his status or position that he is given by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It is prohibited to raise him above that. It is sufficient to refer to him and to describe him and to honor him with that with which Allah has honored him. The relationship of this hadith to this chapter and to the general topic of it, Tawheed, is that this hadith indicates the prohibition of raising the Prophet ﷺ above his status or his station or his position yani that he has been given by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because to do so is ghulu, it is exaggeration and excessiveness and this leads to ashirk. Likewise, as Shaykh Muhammad ibn Salih al-Uthaymeen rahimahullah said concerning the relationship of this hadith to the topic, he said that it is obligatory to protect and to guard or to safeguard a tawheed from every way, from every aspect, in every aspect. It is obligatory to protect it in every aspect. Even in the expressions that we use, hatta fi al-alfaz. Even in the expression, the words that we say, we have to be careful that we don't violate the tawheed so that it will be free and pure from everything that would contaminate it or corrupt it or pollute it. <coughs> the Masail that Imam Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahhab has mentioned at the end of this chapter, there are four. The first of them, Tahdir al-Nas min al-Ghulu, yani warning the people from exaggeration. And this is taken from the saying of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam وَلَا يَسْتَجْرِيَنَّكُمُ الشَّيْطَانِ yani Don't let shaitan pull you or drag you into following his ways. And the, the, the way that we understand this here is that the Prophet sallallahu has made this yani, action of al-ghulu, yani, exaggeration and praise, he has considered it as a part of istijra al-shaytan, yani, the way that shaitan pulls someone or leads someone to what he intends for them. And therefore, the human being is obligatory upon them to be warned from everything that is of the ways of a shaitan. From the ways of a shaitan is al-ghulu. A human being should be warned from everything that is from the ways of shaitan and this is one of them. The second issue or the second of the messiah is what is required of a person to say when it has been said to them Anta Sayyiduna. Yani if somebody is addressed with such words, the people said to them, Anta Sayyiduna, you are our master, you are our leader, you are our sovereign. What is expected or what is required from them? The Shaykh said that this issue it is taken from the saying of the Prophet ﷺ, when they addressed him in this way, Anta Sayyiduna, he said, Allahu Sayyid. Allah is the Sayyid. So, it is required that a person who is addressed in this way, that they should say, Allahu Sayyid. They shouldn't accept it. The Prophet ﷺ have more right that they should say to him, Anta Sayyiduna. 
And yet he rejected it. He said, Allahu Sayyid. In order to protect them, even from that which might be allowed, in some cases, with certain conditions, to say you are our leader or our master, not that you are as Sayyid, the absolute master. But that might lead to going further, and going further and going further, which is what the Prophet wants to guard against. And, that's what, and that is what the author intends here when he said, Himayat al Nabi Hima at Tawheed. The third issue is the saying of the Prophet Yani the Prophet said, Don't let Shaitan drag you into saying or doing that which he wants you to do. Even though what they have said is nothing more than the truth. What they said about him is indeed the truth. He is indeed the Sayyid, Sayyid al-Nas. He is indeed the best of people. He is all of those things that they said, it is true. However, the Prophet ﷺ told them, be careful, don't let shaitan drag you into something else. Here, Shaykh Muhammad ibn Salih rahimahullah says, that what we apparently, what the apparent meaning of this statement of the author is that this, yeah, any statement, anta sayyiduna, that it is from istijrar al-shaytan. It is from those things that shaytan used to drag the people into his ways. Uh, therefore, this word, يعني, this word, don't let shaytan drag you into his ways, it has two possible meanings. One of its meanings is that the Prophet ﷺ is saying to them, what you have said, يعني, calling, referring to me by these descriptions, that this is from istijrar al-shaytan. This is one of the meanings. The Prophet ﷺ, he said, don't let shaytan drag you into these things. So one of the meanings that could be understood is that the Prophet ﷺ is saying that what you have said, it is from istijrar al-shaytan. Yani, it is from those things that shaytan used to take the people from one point to another. However, the other meaning that could be understood is that the Prophet ﷺ said to them, قُولُوا بِهَذَا الْقَوْلِ وَلَكِنْ إِيَّاكُمْ أَنْ تَغْلُوا فَإِنَّ هَذَا مِنْ إِسْتِجْرَارِ الشَّيْطَانِ وَهَذَا ظَارُ الْحَدِيثِ كَمَا سَبَقِ يعني The Shaykh is saying that the other meaning that could be understood is that the Prophet allowed them to say what they said. He allowed them to go that far. To that extent it was allowed. And it wasn't forbidden. He said, say what you have said. However, I warn you from going to the extreme. Don't go beyond that. Don't exaggerate. Don't fall into al-ghulu. Because al-ghulu, that is from the istijra al-shaytan. Yani that is from the thing that shaytan used to pull the people or to drag them into following his ways. And this is more closer to the apparent meaning of the hadith as the shaykh mentioned in the sharh. Yani in the sharh of his uh, book, which yani we didn't cover. But in any case, the meaning of it here is that there are two possible meanings. And the one that is closer is that the Prophet ﷺ allowed them to say what they said. Yani Sayyiduna is it, it is allowed. However, he was warning them, don't go too far with this, don't go to the extreme and don't exaggerate because that is from the work of shaitan that he used to lead the people astray. The last and fourth issue, the fourth issue is مَا أُحِبُّ أَن تَرْفَعُونِي فَوْقَ مَنْزِلَتِي The Prophet ﷺ statement, I don't like that you should raise me Yani by praising me and saying these things or describing me in this way, I don't like that you should raise me up above my status, above my station, above my position. Yani alladhi, the status or position, manzilati, allati anzalani Allah, yani that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has assigned to me. Here the Shaykh said the meaning of this is that 
the Prophet ﷺ disliked. He detested that they should raise him up above his status or his station. The status of Al-Ubudiyya and Al-Risala. Yani slavery or servitude to Allah and as the messenger who was sent to deliver a message. فَفِيهَا تَوَادُعُهُ And in this, yani the Prophet ﷺ uh, disliking that they go to the extreme in praising him or raising him above the position that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given to him we understand that in this position it is humility it is a position of humility yani I am the Abdullah Rasuluhu it is a humble position that the Prophet sallallahu have taken and he doesn't want them to raise him above that he wants to stay in his place that Allah has given to him and that is the highest place that the human being can be given <coughs> Uh, let me go back before the questions to the statement of Sheikh Abdulaziz Ibn Baz, which he said concerning this chapter in his comments. He has also said, after discussing briefly the importance of this topic, he said, min hadha said yani What is intended from this chapter is closing the openings, the ri'ah. Yani those openings that lead to shirk or that lead to kufr or that lead to sin or bid'ah or whatever, evil or harm that is what is intended by this chapter yani said al-dharai and that is a qaida, a general principle that came in the Quran and Sunnah in so many places yani closing the way that leads to that which is evil or harmful or kufr or shirk uh, he said, closing the ways that lead the people to laxity or taking it easy, falling into shirk. For if they said, Ya Sayyiduna, Ya Sayyidana, if they said, Oh, our Master, and other than that of the expressions that the people today use in going to the extreme and their exaggeration, then this would lead them to the worship of Him instead of Allah and to supplicating to Him and calling on Him for help and claiming that he knows the unseen and other than that. And this has actually happened. كَمَا قَالَ صَاحِبَ الْبَرْدَةِ يَا أَكْرَمَ الْخَلْقِ yani Just as one of the people who deviated to the furthest extent from amongst the Muslim peoples in his poetry, he said, يَا أَكْرَمَ الْخَلْقِ Oh, the most honored of the creation. And then he went on to praise the Prophet وسلم, in a way that such descriptions only belong to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He said in that poetry, he fell into al-ghulu to the extent that he said about the Prophet ﷺ that he is the one who will save people on Yawm Qiyamah and whoever is not saved by the Prophet ﷺ, he will never be saved. And this is the most extreme of exaggeration. He also said that the Prophet ﷺ has knowledge of al-lawh wal-qalam and he has knowledge of the preserved tablet and the pen and that he has seen everything and he knows about everything. So what is obligatory on the Muslim is to protect and preserve his tongue and to restrict or confine himself in what he says. Don't say everything. No matter if it is in his speech about the Prophet ﷺ or other than him. And it is obligatory on the Muslim to have adab, yani to restrict himself and to follow the legal adab or manners that are required in the Sharia, in his speech and in his actions with the messengers, the righteous, the scholars, all of them, to the extent that he will not fall into exaggeration, which they have fallen into, that is, al-Yahud wa nasara 
yani the exaggeration that the Jews and the Christians fell into, which led them to worshipping their saints, the awliya, and seeking help from their anbiya, yani calling on the anbiya, the prophets, to help them instead of Allah, and their righteous, and their scholars, yani calling on them instead of calling on Allah, and they fell into a shirk al-akbar, major shirk, and that sin which is not forgiven. So the Muslims should be careful of exaggeration indeed, al ghulu it is a dangerous thing. The Prophet ﷺ have warned us against it in reference to himself. How about those who are less than him? And here Imam Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahab has made this chapter as a closing. Yani only one chapter following it, the chapter in reference to the greatness of Allah. Here Imam Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahab showed that we should be careful even in reference to the greatest of humanity, that is the Messenger of Allah ﷺ. And then in the final chapter, he talked about the greatness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala closing, sealing these messiah or issues related to At-Tawheed. The questions in this chapter, what is meant by the Prophet ﷺ safeguarding? Yani, himayat al-Nabiya tawheed Yani, what is meant by the Prophet ﷺ safeguarding? Hima at-Tawheed. It is meant by this that the Prophet ﷺ made every effort to protect and to preserve not only the Tawheed, but that which surrounds it. Hima al-Tawheed, that which is surrounded. The sanctuary of a Tawheed, he has made every effort to protect it and pres- preserve it from that which would cause a defect in it or which would nullify it totally. And that is by warning people against what they say and what they do and what they think and what they believe so that they would not only not violate Tawheed, but they would not get near to a violation of Tawheed. What did the Prophet ﷺ mean when he said, as Sayyidullah. The meaning... The Prophet ﷺ meant to caution them of going to the extreme and using such expressions as Sayyidullah, he means here that mastery and sovereignty and power in the absolute sense, it belongs to Allah alone. Yani as Sayyid, the master who has control over everything, the sovereign who is over everything, it is only Allah. It is only Allah. While in the limited sense, somebody could be the leader of his people or the one who controls some affairs that are in the hands of human beings. <clears throat> Explain the words you may say, what you have said about me, or some of what you have said. However, لا يستجرينكم الشيطان يعني do not let shaitan pull you or drag you along with him. And you hear the meaning of these words, there are two interpretations, some of the scholars said, say what you have to say about me, or some of what you have said, that the Prophet ﷺ was saying, say what you have said, or... Not all of it, but say some of it. Say some of it and leave some of it. Don't say all of it, but say some of it. Some of the scholars said that it was doubt from the narrator. That he was unsure. Did the Prophet ﷺ say, قُولُوا بِقَوْلِكُمْ Say what you have to say. Or, أَوْ بَعْدِّ is that the Prophet ﷺ here he is trying to clarify that some of what we say is allowed and some of what we say may not be allowed and in the end of it all be careful لا الشيطان don't let shaitan drag you or pull you by some of what you say that is phrase which might be allowed to going beyond that step by step with tadarruj going from that which is allowed to that which is beyond the bounds, going to the extreme 
an exaggeration of falling into yani the trap of shaitan yani falling into shirk why did the prophet sallallahu warn them to be careful of shaitan in what they say yani he warned them to be careful of shaitan in what they say what is the problem from shaitan from what they say is that what they're saying it is inspired by shaitan shaitan is inspiring them to say these words of praise going to the extreme and to exaggerate so that he can lead them little by little from that which is allowed of praise to that which is not allowed yani the prophet sallallahu is warning them here to be careful in what you say be careful from shaitan leading you from saying that which is lawful to saying that which is unlawful going to the extreme al-ghulu exaggeration what is the ruling concerning someone or calling someone a sayyid master or sovereign yani the ruling concerning the use of this expression a sayyid is that there's difference of opinion about it some of the scholars prohibited it based on the saying of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam when they said to him anta sayyiduna you are our master he responded to them by saying allahu sayyid yani as sayyid allah tabaraka wa ta'ala that allah he is the sayyid from that some of the scholars said that means it's prohibited then to say to call somebody by this expression as sayyid indeed the absolute sense of siyada or sovereignty or mastery or control it belongs to allah alone however other scholars said that the expression sayyid not in the absolute sense but sayyid the sayyid of a certain people or the one who is in control over a certain thing that it is allowed because the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said ana sayyid waladi adam i am the sayyid of the children of adam of the human beings So the Prophet saw some use this expression. And in one of the occasions when one of the companions of the Prophet ﷺ was ill, I think it is Sa'ad, Sa'ad ibn Mu'adh or Sa'ad ibn Abi Waqqas, I don't remember, when he was ill and he was in the masjid and some of the people from his tribe came, the Prophet, or when he came, the Prophet ﷺ said to them, Qumu ila sayyidikum. Stand up to your sayyid, yani the leader of your people. Stand up for him. Not stand up for him. Fumu li sayyidikum. And it's because of him, because of his honor or status. But fumu ila sayyidikum. Because some of the, sometimes that hadith has been narrated with a different wording. The correct wording of it, as it came in Al-Bukhari Muslim, he said, Fumu ila sayyidikum. Get up and go to him. Meet him. Because he was ill. Get up and go to him and meet him and help him. In any case, that expression sayyid was used in that hadith. The Prophet ﷺ used it. therefore some scholars said that it is allowed to use it so we say that it is allowed to use it in the case where the person who it is being used for yani the person who has been described with this wording that that person is entitled to it and in the case where there's no fear that using such an expression for that person in that case or situation it would not lead to a shirk would not lead to exaggeration or going to the extreme uh how should one respond if addressed in this manner as a sayyid one should respond by saying what the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said yani rejecting such a description even if it is true and saying for the protection of its tawhid saying as sayyid allah tabaraka wa ta'ala what is the relationship of this hadith to the chapter uh, or, or this these it should be these a hadith to the chapter of tawhid and the relationship of these hadith to the chapter of the tawhid or the subject the general subject of the tawhid is that these hadith show that exaggeration or going to the extreme in praise of the human being even if they are entitled to it going to the extreme in it that this ghulu 
it is prohibited because it leads to a shirk yani al-ghulu it is one of the means that shaitan la'natullah uses to transport the people from one position to another from that which might be allowed to that which is prohibited and that yani the protection of a tawheed by guarding not only our actions but also our speech it is required of the believer and this chapter shows that a person should be careful what they say mention some of the rulings of benefits derived from this chapter they are what we have mentioned under each hadith the most important of them is the avoidance of al-ghulu and the protecting of the tawheed from that which would violate it uh, since there is some time remaining we'll also read the comments of Sheikh Rahman Al-Sa'adi uh, on this chapter and in his uh, brief comments concerning this chapter he said that previously a title or a chapter was entitled that which is similar to this chapter and here the author has repeated a similar chapter heading of the same meaning basically showing his concern for the importance of this matter the importance of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam efforts and actions to protect and to safeguard the tawhid from that which violated for indeed a tawhid he said indeed the tawhid is not perfected or completed and it is not preserved or protected except by avoiding all of the ways that lead to shirk and the difference between these two chapters is that the first of them in that one there is himayat at-tawheed bisad at-turuq al-fi'liyya yani in the earlier chapter the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam he was safeguarding or protecting the tawheed by closing the ways in our actions in that chapter he narrated the hadith don't make your homes la taj'alu buyutakum quburan wa la taj'alu qabri eidan don't make your homes as graves and don't make my grave as an eid a place that you visit repeatedly again and again at a certain time or in a certain season and act when you visit it in a certain way he said don't do this because doing so it leads to shirk so in that chapter the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam talked about actions that lead to shirk while in this chapter he talked about the speech or the sayings that lead to shirk and in this chapter he talked about himayat at-tawheed wa saddihi bit-ta'addub wa at-tahaffuz bil-aqwal yani that a person should be careful in what they say they should be careful in the expressions that they use and the things that they say so that they will close the way that leads to shirk so everything that leads to al-ghulu exaggeration and what it is feared from it that a person might fall into shirk then it is required that it should be avoided every such thing should be avoided because the tawhid is not completed or perfected except by leaving off such things so the summary is that the perfection of a tawhid it is by fulfilling its conditions the shuroot of a tawhid and its pillars the arkan of tawhid and the mukammilat yani those things which perfect the tawhid wal muhaqqaqat those things which are required to fulfill tawhid completely 
But Tawheed is not perfected except that one has to perform all of these things. The conditions, the pillars, the things of perfection and those things which fulfill it, absolutely. And by avoiding the things which nullify the Tawheed, Nawaqir al-Tawheed, Wamunaqqisat, and also those things which cause a defect in it. That which nullifies it outright and that which causes some defect in it, ظاهراً وباطناً, whether openly or inwardly. قولاً وفعلاً, whether in speech or actions, وإرادةً وإعتقاداً. In our desires, what we want to do, and in our اعتقاد, in our beliefs. Yani avoiding all of these things, we have to be careful that we don't fall into that which is done openly or secretly in speech or action, in our desires or intentions, as well as in our beliefs. And then close by saying that what has passed, yani in the earlier chapters, from the beginning of the book until here at the end, is what clarifies all of these things. سبحانك اللهم وبحمدك أشهد أن لا إله إلا أنت فكرك وأتوب إليك if there are any questions or comments or corrections of what has been said perhaps there is a few minutes remaining and before we go to the message السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته what is the correct opinion of the question number five in which there is a different opinion regarding the ruling concerning calling someone as Sayyid the correct opinion about the use of a Sayyid for a human being is that in the absolute sense with the definite article as Sayyid it is not allowed to be used except for in reference to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Allah is the only one who is the absolute master and sovereign ruler and power over everything however in the limited sense that someone is the leader of a tribe or the sovereign of a nation using Sayyid in this way Sayyid of the tribe of so and so or of the nation of so and so or of such and such family in that way it is allowed as proven by its use by the Prophet the Prophet said to those people in reference to one of his companions he used it in the limited sense stand up and go to help your Sayyid your master Meaning the master of those people. And he's the leader of them. The one, a Sayyid is here, the meaning of it is the one who is in front of the people. The one who is the leader of the people. And he has used it in reference to himself that he is the leader of humanity. Sayyid Waladi Adam. Therefore, in the limited sense it is allowed. However, in the absolute sense it is not allowed except in reference to Allah. And in the limited sense there are two conditions that Shaykh Muhammad bin Salih Uthaymin has mentioned in Sharh and the details of it. He said that the two conditions is that it is allowed to be used in reference to the person who is ahlan bi, yani the one who is really entitled to that expression, and it is fitting for them. They are really the leader of their people. And the second condition is that it shouldn't be used in a situation or circumstance where it is feared that it might lead to exaggeration and falling into shirk. In that sense, it should not be used. And also, as is reported in the authentic hadith, the Prophet ﷺ said, don't call a munafiq sayyid, even in the limited sense, even in the limited sense. That means, this is in reference to what the Shaykh said, that it should be used for the one who is entitled to it. A munafiq, a khabith, a kafir, is not entitled to such an expression. But only the believer in Allah Taala may, may be used in reference to him in the limited sense. And that is the correct opinion, wallahu alam. Naam. In the limited sense, Sayyid, not in the absolute sense, as Sayyid. 
Allah Alam. Allah Alam. But in any case, if somebody's name is Sayyid, and the intention in using that name is not the intention that is used, like they said to the Prophet Anta Sayyiduna. They meant as an expression of honor and respect for him, his status with him is high. But if it's just used as a name, then uh, somebody's name might be Mustafa, the chosen. Mustafa, chosen. But they might be not chosen at all. They might be any a facet, a corrupt person or whatever. So it is their name only. But we are not looking here. The use of that name for that person is not in consideration of the meaning of it. It's not in consideration of the meaning of it. We are just saying that's the name that he's referred to by. We are not saying that we are not considering the sifa or the description that is understood from that name. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, his names, as we learned in Tawheed Asma wa Sifat, the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala are considered from both perspectives. They are names that he is called by and also a description that he is described by. However, the human beings, they might have a name that we call them by, but they are not described by. Yani he is not given the description of Sayyada. He is not considered as somebody who has control or authority or mastery over anything, but it's just his name. In that sense, Allahu Alam, yani there is no harm in using it. Any other question? No. There is a question here from this. These days, there are many Muslims who allow their children to be entertained by Harry Potter, so-called, a so-called good witch. We have Muslim children imitating characters in these films and saying that it's not haram, but cool, fun, etc. Please comment. Well, I've never heard of Harry Potter, the good witch, but in any case, the first thing, in brief, and we've talked about this on a number of occasions before, I don't think that it requires a lengthy discussion, but the first thing that we should say is that the use of the television, there's difference of opinion amongst the scholars. And those who allowed it, allowed it if it is controlled and used only for that which is beneficial. Otherwise, the correct opinion is that a Muslim shouldn't use such a thing. It is an instrument of shaitan. There's no doubt that it has more corruption and harm than it has of any good. However, those scholars who allowed it, allowed it with the condition that it should be used only for that which is good and beneficial. The second point is that such films or movies or programs or whatever, such as a good witch or anything that is from the Kafirs, for sure our children should not be allowed to view these things, because there is no doubt that these movies or these films or these programs contain the ideas of the kuffar that they are trying to spread, the corruption and filth and indecency and wrong ideas. And any fantasy that these people are spreading, we should not allow our children. We should not allow our children to be corrupted or to be influenced by these characters or their ideas that they are spreading. Some of them, indeed, if anybody would examine it, some of these movies or films or these programs, these children movies that are produced by the Kafirs, some of them contain outright open kufr and shirk. Not to mention what is less than that of immorality or corruption or falsehood. Outright kufr and shirk. Yani some of these characters are portrayed as a god besides Allah, that have power over everything, that cause things to happen and control people's lives. And this is kufr and it is shirk. And some of them have so many other ideas that are related to it. Therefore, Muslims should avoid yani, this thing, this instrument. Uh, and if they use it, according to the opinion of those who allow it, they should control it and not allow their children to use it freely, but they should control it themselves. Naam. 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 
the use of the expression Sayyidina Muhammad in the Tashahud. The meaning of this expression, it is correct, as it is reported authentic hadith. The Prophet ﷺ said that he is the Sayyid of human, of human beings. However, it has not been reported authentically, as far as I know, there is no authentic hadith where it has been reported as a part of Tashahud. Therefore, it shouldn't be used in Tashahud. Now. ما أحب أن ترفعوني فوق منزلتي التي أنزلني الله عمر about the Greeks uh huh yeah they had gods yes uh-huh. If you are in school and you have to learn about it, what about it? Should you learn it? <laughs> of course, if you are forced to learn it, you have no choice in the matter. Then Allah, He doesn't hold somebody responsible for that which they don't have control over. If they force you to learn it, and you can't escape from it, then you should... I mean, try as best you can not to allow that to soak into your mind and into your heart. But just always be on guard against it. Every time you read it and every time you hear it and every time you see it, you should remind yourself that this is fantasy, falsehood, kufr, shirk. That the Greeks are pagans and their gods are false. You should keep that in your mind to protect yourself from allowing it to come into your mind as best you can. And inshallah Allah will protect you from it. And... Yani, we hope that the Muslims will uh, uh, make a greater effort to produce real Islamic schools so that Muslim children will not be subject, subjected to this kufr and shirk. Naam. Tayyip. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdika. Ashadu an la ilaha illa anta astaghfiruka wa tubili. فَكَيْفَ تَتَّقُونَ إِنْ كَفَرْتُمْ يَوْمًا يَجْعَلُ 